Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey, so Josh, you want to hear what my uh, my YouTube intro sounds like? You have a YouTube intro? Hey folks, welcome to All Queued Up. I'm your boy, Greg Dietz, and with me always is my main man, Josh Fisher. Yeah, um, hey? <laughs> yeah, it's bringing, kind of you're bringing that late night fucking home shopping network energy. Well, that was the whole point. That was the whole point. Yeah, what's up? Uh, <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome, 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 welcome. Uh, it's uh, uninhibited. It's, uh, it's our little it's a little off show when we talk about what we want to talk about. My goddamn sensitivity thing keeps going down, so that's driving me nuts today. Um, They've got a pill for that, you know. Not that. Okay, well, <laughs> they do, but that's not... <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, if you guys are new to the show, what Josh and I normally do on here is we talk about two, two shows on an internet streaming platform, internet streaming platform, that's what I tried to say, uh, on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, what have you, we give our impressions and thoughts and then give them a grade. Last week, we did, uh, Tick Season 2 and Cobra Kai Season 2, uh, so you can go check that episode out, which is available right now. And the day um, after we recorded, they canceled the Tick Season 2, which both of us feel is bullshit. I mean, really, the one that deserves is Cobra Kai. Uh, now they <laughs> deserve to be canceled, thank you. <laughs> um, what was, both, what was even worse quality. Was, what was even worse was in that episode, we were like, yeah, I don't think Amazon will, will, will cancel the Tick, that doesn't make any sense, and boom, the fucking happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. There is uh, a campaign, hashtag save the tick going on, and, uh, you know, maybe somebody at Netflix will listen and say, hey, let's save this show. Let's fucking hope. Uh, but yeah, if, if, um, if this is your first podcast, uh, what Josh and I do on Uninhibited is we just talk. We shoot the shit, we air grievances, we talk about things that we probably shouldn't talk about, like, uh, personal sex issues, maybe. Um, I don't have any. <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on then, because um, uh, I have a wife, man, <laughs> and yeah. I have a right hand. What's your point? Well, <laughs> you're saying your right hand is tired. I'm not saying it's not tired. Right. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, guys, I wanted to uh, kind of bring up something. So, so last, or so this up uh, this last Sunday, so almost a whole week ago, um, Game of Thrones aired their final episode. Now, whether you enjoyed it or not, the topic that has been brought up quite frequently since the airing of this episode, because let's be honest, the fans seem pretty fucking split. Um, well, seen- a fandom divided. You gotta be shitting me. I don't know. We could. That's fucking unheard of in this day. And <laughs> Star age. Wars. Um. Well, anyway, I mean, it's not just Star Wars, but I yeah. Know. I know. 
the last Jedi. Like we we talked about that on this podcast, I think. Uh, Definitely I know on Mission about Star. It in multiple places. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but uh, what one of the topics that has been brought up quite frequently is other endings to shows. Now, most shows, as you all know, this don't get their ending. We've actually had two shows on this podcast very recently who that are not getting an ending. Well, hopefully, hopefully, maybe they'll get picked up elsewhere and get an ending, but as of right now, it is pretty fucking definitive they're not getting an ending, and that's Tick and uh, Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah. So most shows don't get to have their ending. When a show does, it's pretty great, in my opinion. Um, but this brought up the topic of, like, other shows that have had good or bad endings. And, um, one of the, one of the things that got brought up was, like, Dexter's ending. Uh, because I thought it was garbage. And then there's a lot of people out there that thought the ending to Lost was garbage, and I thought it was a perfectly satisfying and well-executed ending. So, my, then, and we were talking, talking about this before we recorded, and, and it got me thinking, like, what other shows... Have you watched that had either, like, what endings stand out to you? Because I haven't watched Evangelion yet, and I know I need to because it's going to be coming to Netflix, and I will watch it when it arrives on Netflix, but I heard that ending's bad. I don't know. I've never watched the original, so... Well, we'll have to. Uh, How I Met Your Mother. That was... I don't know if you ever watched that show. It's one of the few sitcoms. I thought that that last season was just such a departure from how the show worked overall. Um, I think the ending suffered because of the way the actual season was structured. Um, Yeah, fair enough. The ending itself wasn't what a lot of people wanted. You know, but it kind of made sense considering the whole series was leading up to Ted, you know, he's older Ted, voiced by Bob Saget. He's telling the story of how he met the kid's mom to them. It's not how I met and then continue to live on with your mother. You know, so it was all a point to getting to the point of meeting her and then you really only see her in two episodes you know, where they're in a relationship, you know, and that spans from the time they met until the time she, spoiler alert, passed away. Yeah, I think I kind of, I'll put it this way, Josh. I feel like, personally, the succinct part of the ending of that show was the the, the kid's reaction to Ted's story when he finished it. Their Mm -hmm. literal reaction was, that's it? That, That was the whole story? Yep. And um, that's the thing. They had filmed that ending back in. Oh, yeah. They the filmed second, all of it like. The second season of the show. Yeah. Like all, in the beginning. all of the scenes with the kids and their reactions were filmed in the first two seasons of the show because they were starting to age noticeably quicker. And they knew they were going at least six seasons and wanted to go more. But they filmed that ending early on just in case. And they filmed a couple of different endings. Um, just in case as well, because if it had ended earlier than they intended, they were originally going to have Victoria be the mom. 
And then, of course, the ultimate, oh, well, we're fine with you, Dan Dan Robin. You know, it's just that's how it was always going to end. But, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, one one show, one other show, sitcom-wise, that I I thought the ending was perfect for the show. I don't like the show, but I definitely watched enough of it and watched the ending. Uh, Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. Genuinely can't stand that sitcom. I did not find it funny. But when I watched that ending, I saw a lot of people just going, it's fucking stupid. They went to jail, blah, 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 blah. And my reaction was like, the whole show, one of the biggest things about the show is it's a show about nothing. Mm -hmm. That was the premise. However, it's not a show about nothing. It's a show about irony. Every episode has some kind of irony, which makes it funny. Hence, how the show's written. Guess what? The irony of the final episode is they go to jail for doing nothing. But that's... Like, it's not... (laughs) It's not hard to fucking figure out. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was a perfect ending to that show. And even though I didn't like it, it was a thing, but... Oh, I, I enjoyed the ending to it, um, you know, and I enjoyed the show when it was running. Um, well, I mean, I, I it's hard for me to say I enjoyed the ending of a show I didn't like, you know? I just felt, I felt it was a good ending to that show, is my point. Yeah. Now, I'm trying to think of other shows, like... Go ahead. Uh, of course, Larry David, the creator co-creator of Seinfeld, you know, during season six, I think it was, of Curb Your Enthusiasm, they did like a Seinfeld reunion season to where they were doing like a, just a reunion show, and that was like carried out through the whole season. That was funny, actually. Um... There were there were good episodes of that show, like, and there were there were funny bits of that show for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, I just I just found most of it to be very boring and 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 trite. And uh, I know that my uh, my opinion is very not. It's not a uh, widespread uh, right, right, right. Uh, shared opinion by many. I but I, I guess you have I guess to my, say. You have to say if there is anything. Sorry, if there is anything that that show did leave us though. We did get Festivus. Right. I, like, there's another thing in that show that I found very funny. And that was, uh, uh, I think it's George's dad, played by um, Ben Stiller's actual father. The fuck's yeah, name? yeah. Uh, Jerry Stiller. Jerry God, Stiller, thank that you. man is funny. Yeah, he's the one, I think he's the one who came up with Festivus. Yeah. Um, and then he also did a line that we still say online sometimes when we're getting frustrated is serenity now. Yeah. Um, so like, th- th- and, and you know, the whole soup Nazi thing, like hilarious, like, don't get me wrong. There's genuinely funny moments. Um, it's still pretty much said like around my group, maybe my age group, but if someone's dancing poorly, they're dancing like Elaine. Yeah. yeah. I, I, there's a lot that show brought to our, to our cultural zeitgeist, but Overall, I just don't find irony on that scale funny. Like, which is weird to say because it's Kirby Enthusiasm, same general idea, but more, more dark, funny, hilarious. I love Kirby Enthusiasm. Like, genuinely really funny. And I guess irony can be funny. I just didn't like Seinfeld. (laughs) Maybe it was the characters. I don't fucking know. I just, I could not. 
There were a lot of episodes, Josh, I watched where I just plain faced the whole time. No, I get that, man. Um, I was going to say, another show that had a very, very satisfying, well-done ending uh, was uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, yeah? Did you ever watch that series? Never did, no. I highly recommend it. Um, it's uh, it's a it's a cartoon. If 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 you don't know, you're if you're listening, it's uh, it was on Nickelodeon, and the concept of the show is that in this world, uh, there are people who are have the ability to manipulate an element, whether it be fire, earth, water, or air, and they're called benders. And there's one person in the world that has the ability to control all four, and they're called the Avatar. The Avatar's job, if you will, is to kind of create and keep peace in the world. Um, and uh, uh, the show takes place, like, there's a kid named Aang. He becomes the Avatar. He trains in the, in the air uh, temple for a long time before he leaves to go train elsewhere. And, um, I, it was, I, I think it was really a storm. Him and his, uh, flying bison, flying something bison. I don't know, there's another name for it, but they get hit in a storm and he has to, like, protect himself with an air bubble, essentially, and, uh, falls into the sea and becomes frozen. And a hundred years passes. In that hundred years, the Fire Nation gained power and took over the world, essentially. Um,. And, uh, so when Aang wakes back up due to two of the other main characters, uh, he is now a 10 year old who has they, the ability. Were those two other characters an earthbender and a firebender or a no. waterbender? No. So, no. Oh, uh, okay. yeah, Katara is a waterbender. She doesn't know how to do it very well. She knows how to do it. She's very simplistic with it. And, and, uh, Sokka can't bend at all. He can't do anything. Um, they do meet up with a earthbender. At some point, and uh, the 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 firebender who's the enemy in like the season first season becomes an ally eventually. So eventually, their team is comprised of all four elements, mm-hmm. and Aang Aang learns other ways like other elemental bending. I actually think by the end of the show, he doesn't know how to do firebending, or he does, but it's very 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 fucking novice like. But that's what made the show so interesting was that Aang is the Avatar. He can bend all the elements, but by 10 years old, he only knows how to use air because that's all he's been trying to do his very short life. <laughs> um, and uh, the world is a complete disarray because, well, the Fire Nation kind of controls everything. And so it's just, it's very fucking well-structured. Like, that's why the movie kind of sucked so hard was the Earth Nation was kind of captured, or at least parts of the Earth Nation were captured, or Earthbenders were captured. How do you properly force Earthbenders to not use Earth, but keep them imprisoned? How do you do that, Josh? I don't know. What they did, which is really clever, is they had a prison in the middle of the ocean (laughs) made Um, out of metal. That makes sense. And, uh, um, in the show or in the movie, they were just beaten down and chose not to earthbend. It made no sense. It was very strange. Uh, 
there was a lot of problems with that movie besides that. Like, just if you watched it outside of knowing the cartoon, <laughs> but that's besides the point. Um, the, uh, but the way the, the way the show played out, like, I don't want to tell you the ending, but it, it was so, it was so succinct and so nice to have the ending that they had. The show is a kid show at heart, so it's not super, super heavy on its themes, but it does get the themes across very well, very well structured in that regard. But I don't know, man, like, like legitimately, it's, it's one of, it's one of my top recommended shows if you haven't seen it. Hmm. But I'm trying to think of other shows that had endings that I, we could talk about. Um, well, I mean, you know, uh, I always enjoyed the ending to Frasier. Uh, never watched it. Never watched it. Oh, dude, I love that show. Um, uh, it, it, it was, it was, you know, it was a pretty good show. I felt, and I hear there's talk of bringing it back, and it's just going to be weird to see how they do that. I don't know. Yeah. I know that, uh, speaking of Frasier, uh, Cheers' finale was very, uh... It was a very good, satisfying finale. Yeah. And, well, you, you know, know, one of the most watched episodes in TV history, and I still think it is the most watched episode in TV history, the finale of MASH. Back in, like, 81, 82, I'm not sure of the year. But that was like the most individual watched episode in TV history, I think. Uh, yeah, it was, it was. It's definitely up there. I think it still is because you know, since then, we've just been given more and more options of things to watch. You don't have three basic networks anymore like you did back then. So, I'm going to assume it still is without going to Google. But if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll own it. But it's... Um, go ahead. You, there was never so much division over endings, though, back in the day. Well, again, this is... There were. There was. Um, well, there, there was. Just we didn't just didn't it. see it. We didn't yeah. hear it. Social media... For all the good that there is of social media, and we've said this before, it's it's a wonderful tool when used correctly for communication, for reaching out, getting to know others. But it's also the worst thing in the world for spreading negativity. And that negativity, even though it's a minority in just about every instance, the the their voices are always the loudest because well yeah i mean you think think of them this way but dude like if you are dissatisfied with something you're going to speak out about it if you're satisfied you don't say anything if you if you go to a restaurant and you eat something and you're satisfied do you go home going oh my god that was so good no you probably just go oh, that was really good and that's it i mean i know there are people that do do that and they're fucking annoying but um uh but if you if you don't like it, you kind of complain about it. Uh, I know that my brain, when I worked at Walmart, I could have 100 customers in a day. Five of them could be shit. Guess what my brain would concentrate on? The five shit customers. Right. So, 
I get it. I get why the negativity is the loudest online. The problem is, it's not that's not the problem. Because that's always going to happen as long as we have social media. The mm-hmm. problem is, is news outlets or other people going, well, it looks like everyone hates this show now because a, short, a small minority is bitching about it. Yeah, 12 people bitching on Twitter and all of a sudden just for fucking clicks on their websites. Everybody's hating this and here's why. All right, thanks, BuzzFeed. Fuck off. Yeah, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, suddenly, Mass Effect 3 has the worst ending ever because a small minority was bitching about it online. It's like, that game sold millions of copies. There's maybe 100,000 of you online bitching about it. That's not a majority, <laughs> by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. Is it a what? Well, yeah, but more people enjoyed the game than didn't. Yeah. And Just like by sheer said, numbers. Yeah. It's like you said, just because you don't hear those people complaining, you just hear the complaints. You don't, most people don't sing the praises of something. And it's the people that do sing the praises that they, you know, people should do that more. If you really enjoy something, speak up, let people know. I really like that. No, that, you know, that's, and that's the crazy thing I'm seeing about, and that's, that's the point I want to make about this, is that's what I'm seeing with Game of Thrones. With Mass Effect, with Lost, with other things that have ended, or whatever, you just see the negativity. And just people mm-hmm. going, like, just having a circle jerk in this, in this, in the comment section. Game of Thrones is different. I have seen so many people defending it from people who say it's garbage. It's awesome, in a way. <laughs> now, I have not finished the series. I just started watching the series a week ago. And I'm halfway through. Uh, yeah, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I have time on my hands to do things. So, yeah, get over it, people. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but uh, I, I've just been watching it, and I've been trying to get through it as quickly as I can to avoid spoilers. Because while spoilers don't ruin a story for me, I still would prefer not to have them because I like the impact that a moment happens when when a moment occurs and I don't know about it and it's meant to be impactful. I like to enjoy that impact. Like um, the Red Wedding. Like the, the Red episode, Wedding. Or, or the, the episode you just watched. <laughs> or the episode I just watched before we recorded. That was pretty awesome. For anyone that's Had watched I the show, the- I'll just say, I'll just say uh, Mountain versus Martell. If yeah, you know what the, that means, the, you know what he's talking about. The Mountain versus the Viper. Um, that was, wow. Uh, but yeah, had I known that was going to happen, it still would have been a cool episode and to see it happen would have been cool, but it wouldn't have had the impact. Um, and I like that impact. I like that extra oomph. Would it have made the story less enjoyable? Not so much. It's still a solid story that was being told. I'm just weird that way. <clears throat> but. I don't intentionally go out of my way to spoil things. And you, on the other hand, we've talked about this before with spoilers. You don't mind if something is spoiled, but you don't actively seek spoilers. Right, and you like, intentionally uh, do not spoil things for others. Yeah, like with um, with uh, Endgame, you know, spoilers are all over the internet. And I, I tried to avoid them as much as possible. And I had one thing spoiled for me, but it wasn't... It, well, <laughs> it was actually were- kind of major. You were you were telling me this. You had something spoiled for you, and I never did get back to you about what that was because I hadn't seen it yet. 
and then I saw it a couple of days later. What was it that got spoiled for you? Do we want to say it on the podcast? I mean, the the spoiler ban's Spo- been lifted. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it was a shot of um, Tony Stark having the, uh, right before he snaps. Oh. Yeah, it was a shot of him having all the gems in his glove. I did not. Um, oh, wow, that is pretty major. Right, right. That's what I saw. <laughs> so here's the thing. First off, it was an IGN article about fucking Persona 5 coming to the Switch, or their version of Persona 5. And the first comment was that picture. Oh my god. I was like, it had nothing to do with fucking Endgame. I was like, you piece of shit. Um, but at the end of the day, I was just like, uh, oh well. And I still fucking cried at that movie. I still loved it. So it didn't, it didn't affect me that much. But, and that's why I don't care about spoilers in that regard. Um, I guess I should say, I'm not mad that I saw them, but I yeah. don't want them. It's yeah. kind of a hard, it's a hard concept for people to grasp because they're just like, when you just like be mad and avoid them, I was like, no, because I don't feel the point in getting mad. <laughs> I yeah. don't see the point in getting mad over entertainment, but. I mean, mild, mild disappointment is a word I would use. Like, well, shit, I wish I had found that out in the moment, but yeah. it's not going to ruin my fucking day. Um, no, because I, if I want to, if I want to see something, if I want to play something and enjoy it, I'm going to anyway. <clears throat> You oh, can tell man. me the whole fucking plot on accident somehow. I don't know how you would do that on accident, but you could. And I would still play the game. I would still watch the movie. Dude, a like, friend of mine, he was in traffic. He was coming home from work. This was the opening weekend of The Force Awakens. And he got behind a vehicle at a traffic lot. And they had to stop. And on the back window of this person's vehicle, it says, Kylo Ren kills Han Solo. Jesus Christ. And he had tickets for the next morning. That's how he found out. He was just like, son of a bitch. I mean, if it, if it counts for anything, I had that spoiled for me, too. Uh, my neighbor goes, hey, watch this video, dude. And I was like, yeah, sure. And, like, it just starts off with that shot. Just right through his abdomen. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> cool, man. I went to his window, and I was like, hey, so the fuck? And he goes, well, I thought you didn't care about spoilers. Boy, nobody fucking listens. They just go, well, he doesn't care about spoilers, so here's a bunch of spoilers. Yeah. Can you hear that? Yeah. Give me a I second. Hear, I hear a dog. Uh, go ahead and, and tell the audience about uh, where they can uh, find merchandise. I'll be right back. All right. Well, Greg goes and beats his dog, so you can't hear it crying anymore. Greg's really big into animal cruelty, everybody. I'm telling you, he's just the worst. Um... He beat his dog so bad one time that they had to take it to the vet. Alright, I'm totally kidding about all that. Animal cruelty is no joke. Sorry. Um, but no, if you want some merch, you can go and buy some merchandise at our Redbubble shop. And that's at uh, www.redbubble.com backslash people backslash all hyphen cued hyphen up hyphen or backslash uh, shop. S-H-O-P. There will be a link in the description of this episode to follow, and uh, you can click and go, and we've got a variety of uh, items available in both men's and women's styles, and various other articles, uh, totes, uh, phone cases, all kinds of cool things, so go check it out. And any um, proceeds, any proceeds uh, that we do make 
from sales of merchandise do go towards uh, funding Greg's classes for curbing his behavior about animal cruelty for beating his dogs when they bark. I did not. <laughs> uh, no, I just I just told them to be quiet because they they my when my my mom is a kind of a homebody because she's disabled, mm-hmm. and uh, so I stay here at the house and help them with stuff most of the time. Because my dad's also kind of disabled, less less so than her, but um, uh, they left to go. So my my brother had a. He has well, a tiny they, dog. They, he's, they, he's a they, they left the house, and you you know the dog's barking because. They thank left. you, thank you for doing that, Josh. Because I was about to go into way too much detail. Um, but yeah, they left the house, and 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 Kaylee likes to kind of howl a little bit, which then sparks Scarlet to do the same thing. So they just feed off each other. Yeah. And it's annoying. Um, but yeah, the, uh, all I did was I, I just said, I just, I just said quiet and they both shut up. Um, what, what he's not telling you is that he was waving a baseball bat in their general direction too. It's a fucking wiffle ball bat. No. <laughs> I, 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 I was telling them, you know, how bad you are that you beat your animals so bad that you've had to take them to the vets because you almost beat them within an inch you of their life. You are the worst person ever. You're the worst person ever. <laughs> and then I said, no, he really doesn't beat his dogs. You know, animal cruelty is no joke. But for I mean, the sake of a joke, I'll continue as, to as, say you beat as, your dog. As Ricky Gervais says, a joke is one thing. The actual act is a different thing. Exactly. A joke is completely different than intent. Um, but yeah, they, uh, I just, I love my dogs to death, but also, god damn it. They drive me nuts. Like, Scarlet just can't stop barking at things. We have tried treats, punishment, uh, all sorts of things, and she just, like, beat the is... treats in front of her. <laughs> Do you want this? And then just eat it. No, no, it. no, just beat the <laughs> treats and then throw it away. They're like, you could have had that, but you were just like punching a bad Harvard? dog. Yeah, yeah. Stomping <laughs> on the ground. Do you want this tiny piece of jerky? No jerky for you. Back of the uh, line. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, it was a, speaking of pets, um, uh, I, I saw John Wick 3 on Saturday. Uh, so almost a week ago. I'm hearing um, good things. It's very good. Here's the thing. John Wick, the whole trilogy, is very much a simple, simple action film. Yeah. Simple action series. Um, It has more logic and thought process than I'd say the Fast and the Furious movies, but they're on par. They're very simple. They don't try to go out of that simplicity because they know what they are. And um, I'd say John Wick is darker than Fast and the Furious by far. But, uh, like, what's the first movie about? Oh, they killed his dog and he's getting revenge. Okay, go. That's the fucking plot. Guess what the other movies do? The same shit. It's a very simple plot, and, and so I so basically, the premise is: don't get John Wick a dog, and everything <laughs> will be okay. I mean, yeah, in that regard. Well, the the thing about the sequels is that they. No, I'm not seeing the sequels. Out I know. I'm not. Yet. I'm not going to spoil any plot, but um, it's still, again, it's still a simple plot. Still very 
like uh, um, basically not too complicated. Anger, basically, don't anger this guy because he will exact vengeance upon you. Let me put it this way: that's the first movie. The second movie's different. Okay. Um, but what I love about this series is that is that John Wick Two picks up moments after season after episode uh, film one, chapter one, and then chapter three. Like a couple hours after chapter two. Okay, so all three movies take just place over a handful of days. Then. Yep. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, I and 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 I guarantee you, and they they announced it. So no, this is not yeah. a spoiler, but four, I'm four sure, will do the same development. thing. Yeah. I'm very, and I, I the second I heard that, I was like, "Yep, I already bought, I already bought a ticket." <laughs> I fucking love the John Wick franchise. Like, it is easily some of the best action movie stuff that I've seen in a long time. Because it's also, it's like, Fast and the Furious is very much action, but centered around cars. So you have multiple characters doing multiple things. The John Wick movies is John Wick doing action stuff. It's, it's, it's more localized, if you will. So it's, it's, it's a different type of action, but fuck me, is it good? Cool. Yeah, I um, really, really dug the first one. I just haven't made it a made a serious effort to watch the second one yet. I need to get around to doing that. I think you'll enjoy it. If you liked the first one, you'll definitely like the second one. And oh, so I love, so love the first one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the point I was going to make about like uh, animals is one one common thread throughout all the movies other than the very first dog is no dogs or any other animals are harmed throughout the entire series well yeah because she's on the crusade to fucking fuck up dog killers i mean yes (laughs) i'll just say that yes um without any kind of spoiler stuff uh in the second in the third movie there are horses and dogs, and they have moments where they're in part of the action, and it's awesome. <laughs> That's all I'll say. That's all I will say because I, I genuinely feel like talking about the action sequences in in the John Wick movies is what the spoiler is. I could tell you the plot doesn't matter. Telling you what happens in the action bits is absolutely a spoiler because that's yeah. why you watch John Wick movies. At least I feel like that's why people watch those movies. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like you know when you play when you play certain games, you're not there for the plot. You're there to have like who the fuck cares why Sonic is doing what he's doing? You're you're playing a Sonic because Sonic is fun to play. Oh, that if you want if you want to play <laughs> if you want to play a game for plot, most times you're playing an RPG or an action adventure game that has a nice storyline plotted out. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, um, I love the Uncharted series on the PlayStation. Yeah. Those are some wonderful action games with good plot. Yeah. Uh, But even then, I would argue that in those games, the plot is still very simplistic. Pretty much. Um, But it's still good. But it's it's fun, yeah. Well, fun plot plot and simple plot aren't exclusively exclusively, uh, exclusive. Mutually exclusive, thank you. I was like, what's a phrase? But, um, yeah, so, so the round, the, the full circle bit about me bringing up John Wick is I love John Wick because of the non hurting animals aspect of his films, where I would not do that to my dogs. There you go. 
But he does. He just doesn't want you guys I to know. I fucking. That. I'm. This podcast is canceled. <laughs> See, it's oh, my goal. Man. It's my goal to make Greg say podcast canceled at least once an episode, if possible. <laughs> uh, so last week or last uh, uninhibited, we talked about the it trailer, right? We did. Um, have you seen the posters that they've been coming out for ch- for Child's Play? I have not. I don't, I don't know why I brought up it. It was a horror story or horror movie thing. I cannot uh, say that I have seen the posters, no. So, um, I'm actually interested in the Child's Play remake because uh, it's the same producers who did it. Not the same writers, but those producers were just like, yeah, like let's do a different version of it. Um, so, I'm interested in it. But the posters are mocking or kind of using Toy Story uh, to advertise their movie. Really? Yeah, so Toy Story and Toy Story 4 and Child's Play come on the same day. Um, and the first poster that I saw, I've only seen two, and I assume there's going to be more before the movie comes out, but um, the first one is it shows like Chucky dragging Woody, but you only see Chucky's arm and like back leg, and then you see Woody's like legs. That's all you see. Um, it even says Andy on the on the boot. <laughs> uh, and then the newest one that that they came out with, it shows Slinky Dog being like he's he's but he's only cut in half and he's being spit or uh, he's on a stick like Chucky's roasting him. But it's just his ass end. <laughs> Man, I don't think the ass end of a slinky dog would be that satisfying. I don't either, but I mean, Chucky's a. That's the other thing, dude. I don't know if you've heard the plot of this new child's play, but Chucky isn't a possessed doll. Really? Ooh. Yeah, he's an AI gone rogue. Well, still voiced by Mark Hamill, but yeah. That's cool. Um, so it's, uh, that's, uh, it's, it's basically a horror version of small soldiers now. Yeah, kind of. Hmm. That's why, yeah, that's why I'm interested in it because, uh, I want to see how they, cause that was the big thing about the original child's play was how, like you can kill the doll, you can destroy the doll, but how do you just, how do you get rid of the spirit? Yeah. And that's what made it so good because he could just keep transferring his spirit into something else. Like, would he always be trapped in that like pile of fucking plastic they melted? Or no, clearly not. Um. So, uh, how do you adjust the plot so strongly to make it about a rogue AI? I'm very fascinated. I'm curious. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh... I wouldn't condemn it. It sounds like an interesting take on it. And you know, I like new and different takes on things. If you're going to redo something, yeah, completely redo it from the ground up. Stay true to the characterization of what something's supposed to be, but give me something new and something fresh. So I like the idea of that. That sounds really cool. Yeah, same here. That's, I mean, I think it, the, the, it, chapter one and two work because the original is so old that you can absolutely retell that story in the way that they're doing it um, and, and use new visuals and make it scarier, you know? Oh, absolutely. Uh, 
But if somebody were to take it and tell a completely new story based around the idea, I would also welcome that. And then I'd watch it and I'd judge it based on its own personal merits. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm not one of these people who are like, oh, I can't believe they did this. My childhood's ruined. Well, sorry, you had a shit fucking childhood. I've oh, said that before. You retweeted what I what I retweeted. Yeah, well, that's something you and I have both have been saying for a long time. If you're if an adaptation of something comes out that you do not like because it's different from what you enjoyed as a kid, and you say it ruined your childhood, you had a shit childhood. I'm sorry. Yep. <clears throat> now, yep. I'm a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. So were you. My first exposure to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the original Mirage comics. When the cartoon came out, you know, I was 13 years old. I hated that cartoon. <laughs> I hated that cartoon, and to this day, I still hate that cartoon. I hated the goofy looks on the turtles' faces. I hated how dumbed down it was because my turtles were gritty as fuck. So, and then the-, the first movie came out in 1990 and i was like yes these are the turtles i know combined with elements of that cartoon to where it was a very satisfying blend of both right i was gonna say like i'm younger than you so my my absolute first experience to turtles was that cartoon well yeah because you were the prime age for that cartoon when it hit you were six years old uh yeah give or take yeah so it was perfect for you. Right. It was made for me. It was made for my age group. Yeah. Um, And uh, one of the big things about that cartoon is I have very fond memories of it. I, I you know, grew that's what I grew up with. But as an adult, I've gone back and watched it and gone, this is fucking terrible. And God, that's the thing. Awful. Most of the things that we loved as kids, if you go back and watch it as an adult, it's absolutely fucking terrible. Yeah. I love Transformers, but, you know, you go back and watch the original 1984 Transformers, there's only a handful of episodes that are actually good, and those are usually the multi-parter episodes that the first three that set up the cartoon series and a couple of other multi-parter episodes here and there, but season two is all over the place and pretty much garbage. Season three is even worse. Um, I, I argue, I argue to this day that the best thing that ever came out of that cartoon was the movie. And, you know, that movie was decent, but it wasn't my favorite, and, but it was still the best Transformers movie that they ever did. Uh, I, I, I love when, I personally love when a story kind of takes a hard left turn from everybody's expectations and like, kills off a bunch of characters or some shit like that. Uh, Transformers the movie was a prime example of that. In the first 15 minutes of the film, just about every character you had grown to love over the past two years was slaughtered on screen in front of your eyes. Yep. And, you know, Hasbro's like, well, we got new toys to sell. We're not going to be selling these anymore. Do away with them. They didn't know how popular these characters were. And it was after the fact that all these kids are traumatized after seeing Optimus Prime die on screen. So many parents wrote in angry letters to Hasbro 
that even though Duke was slated to die in the G.I. Joe movie and it had been pushed back because they were doing Transformers first, they didn't change any of the writing or the animation, but they just dubbed over a line at the end of the fucking movie. Uh, they changed one line. Hawk says he's dead. And then, uh, you know, they they dubbed it to say he's gone into a coma. And at the end, they say, oh, he's woken up. Everything's going to be okay. You know, but you never saw Duke ever again in the G.I. Joe cartoon. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. <laughs> uh, but it was due to the backlash uh, because they were killing characters in a kid's show. Uh, is there is there a documentary about the making of that movie and the and the post like after it releasing because I would love to watch that I would love to see like like hand like first hand accounts of the experience oh the Transformers of, movie yeah no there's not but there's various interviews with people involved like Flint, Flint Dilly the uh, one, the head writer. Uh, I actually met him in Chicago last year and got to talk with him a little bit. He worked both on G.I. Joe and Transformers. What they He he was like, well, you know, I knew Optimus Prime was going to die, so I wanted to give him, like, this really fucking badass, like, John Wayne-style death scene where he's just taking on everybody and he gives it all he's got and he succumbs to his injuries in the end. Uh, he wanted to give him a noble death, and he did. but. They didn't know because, you know, the internet wasn't a thing back then. And letters, of course, didn't start come pouring in until after about a month. But see, the writers, they've already moved on from the project. Uh, they're probably, you know, a good six months to a year removed from the project because they already wrote it. Then it had to be animated, you know, storyboarded, animated, produced, released. You know, they're on other things, and it's not like they're going back to that. So they didn't know for years the backlash. Uh, like, uh, I was watching an interview with, uh, Peter Cullen, who voiced Optimus Prime. He was, he was sitting there, he's reading the script, and he says he got to page 17, he's like, Frank, and Frank Welker played Megatron, he's like, what? He's like, these sons of bitches kill me! He's like, what? <laughs> and then Frank got a few pages down, he's like, shit, Peter, they got me too! <laughs> and, uh, they, uh, they talked about how they didn't know until it was like the 90s. They they didn't know that people were so angry at their characters being killed off. And, you know, they're glad that they've been brought back to those iconic roles that, you know, they did so much voice work in the 80s, but yet those two are primarily remembered more than anything for those two roles, Optimus Prime and Megatron. Yeah, I, I, I guess, like, what I would love to see what I would genuinely love to see, even if it's just interviews from today. Um, but the guys who make uh, toys that made us make like a whole fucking hour long thing on the making of that movie, the making and, and uh, posts like just the history of that movie. Dude, you you, well, you remember when we interviewed Brian Volkwas and I asked him how many hours of how many man hours go into a single one hour long episode. And he was like thousands. You know, and he told us the most painful thing as a producer and director for him to do was to cut so much good content out to whittle it down to that hour or yeah. 50 minutes that Netflix wants to keep them at. And he said it was just really, really painful. 
pardon me. And um, they did just release that on DVD, the first two seasons, and there's supposed to be a lot of extras included, and they have said, I think it's going to get a Blu-ray release as well. That's something that I would pick up. I usually don't buy Blu-rays anymore unless it's a major, major thing that I want to have. Yeah, I was going to say, my, my big thing about that is, like, I don't I don't want to buy a Blu-ray because, or buy any, anything in that regard, because I used to collect DVDs back in the day, and I sold all my DVDs, and I haven't bought a, I haven't bought or purchased an an, an at-home, like, I, I really genuinely wish that there was a way to pay to have to just watch those extras in a digital format, I would do that. Uh, yeah, you pretty much you have to buy the the DVD or Blu-ray, and you know you can enter the digital code and get them. You know, like uh, the Star Wars films. You know, the digital code hey, for hey them Josh. when you buy a Blu-ray. Hey Josh, if you buy them, I'll throw you ten bucks for the code. Well, that's the thing. I use the code for myself. You that, son of a... Well, that way, I have it digitally, and I never have to load the physical copy. You know, I keep it. I keep the physical copy in case, for some reason, the servers that host the digital versions are just taken down one day. And now, oh, well, if you want to watch it, you have to rebuy it. No, I still have it in the old format. I still have the physical. I can still watch it. So, that's why I do that. It's weird, I know. It's not that weird. It's it's I, I've I've met plenty of people who do that. So as for DVDs, though, man, I've got over four hundred DVDs that I would probably offload a good three hundred and fifty of them and only keep a handful. Uh, you know, because they're DVD, but they're only that's the only format that some of them are available in. Um, Blu-rays, I I've got pretty much all the MCU movies and Star Wars movies on Blu-ray. And a few others, and that's about it, you know. But uh, I used to, when I used to deliver pizzas back in the day, I used to get off work, go to Walmart, and see what new DVDs came out that week and buy a couple every week for years. <clears throat> but yeah, man, I got way too many DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> But I do have some cool shit on DVD that you still can't get on Blu-ray, like, you know, the original Voltron cartoon. I have all all of those. You know, they did eight volumes, and they packaged them in metal cases. And like the Lion uh, Season 1, which was Lion Voltron, uh, they put it in five volumes, and they put out a, you know, one metallic case. One blue, one yellow, one red, one green, and one black. And then Vehicle Voltron, they did Land, land Team, Sea Team, and Air Team. And then they had that Fleet of Darkness movie that they cut together. I have all those. You know, you can't get that shit on Blu-ray. But they're cool collector's tens. You know, I got like yeah. the original Bruce Lee, uh, all the Bruce Lee movies, you know, on DVD uh, in a box set. And they're awesome. You know, that's shit I would keep, but man, yeah, I wish I didn't have a lot of them now. But I do like the option of having physical media as a backup to a digital copy. Because even though yeah, it's fair. digital, it doesn't mean it's always going to be available to you. Right. We've had we had this conversation about video games on Mission Start, and we actually want to talk to somebody who 
made an entire company based on making physical copies of games that were only going to be digital originally. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, we were talking about like the the point of of having physical copies of things, and it was like it's uh it's one of the better like it's it's one of a lot of people like to have a physical thing in their hand that they can hold, they can touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, they, they like to add it to their collection. Yeah. Because a lot of people are collectors. Yeah. And um, uh, for me, I, I personally don't give a flying rat's ass about that shit. So I don't know what I'm calling it shit. That sounds mean. But uh, no, I know what you're that saying. Stuff. Um, but uh, but yeah, I totally understand. Like. I want to keep this as pristine as possible, so I would rather watch the digital version, so that way I don't ruin the cassette, the tape, the yes. cartridge, whatever the fuck you want to, whatever you're using. Yes. Um. So yeah, I totally understand that. I. Uh, and like, I guess my argument is because I don't want to buy the physical thing; I just want the digital version. Mm-hmm. The fact that they don't sell the digital version, I'd even buy it for the same price as the DVD or the Blu-ray set, like. It's just a situation where I, I, I want to see it, but I can't because I don't want to spend that money on the Blu-ray. Yeah. I get you, man. I do. And, you know, like, the whole argument, well, I like physical media. I love the feel of a book in hand. I love the feel of a comic in hand, a novel, whatever I'm reading. I love it. But it takes up a lot less space if I can read it online, if I can read it digitally in PDF format. And I I don't buy comics anymore. I read them online. You know, I buy digital comics. Um, and guess what? All the comics I've bought in the past several years, if I still had them and if I had bought all the physical copies, it would take up so much room. It's retarded. But yet, if... By buying them digitally online, I, I I don't I don't have that physical space taken up, and there's it. But the thing is, that's a double-edged sword. Yes, it, it is an advantage for me. I can get my comics and read them, and have them and access to them whenever I want. But at the same time, it sucks because my friend owns a comic book store and he has for twenty six years, and I love giving him business. But I don't buy comics from them anymore because I buy them online. So, therefore, I choose to, where I'm really big into painting and crafting things, I buy all my paint supplies and my miniatures and things like that from him. You know, because he's not getting my income from comics anymore, but he is getting them from that. So, it's just like, okay, I'm not spending as much money on comics these days, but I am buying, you know. I'm spending 20 bucks a week easy in paints, you know? I was like, for me, when it comes to comics, uh, I, I really enjoy trades. Yeah, I love trades. So I'll, I'll, I will I will buy a trade of a full, like, set story, mm-hmm. um, like, much quicker than I will, like, each issue of a, of, a, of a comic book series. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the way I prefer to do it, too, is trades. Um, um, I really like the, uh, one of the trades I have that I, I cherish is, um, uh, I have a, uh, I have a trade of Watchmen, 
It's it's like that whole compendium yep. kind of thing. I've got it. Uh, it's also signed by the artist. Whoa, Dave Gibbons signed it. Yeah. Nice. Um, I'm never selling it, so no. I have no idea how much it's worth. <laughs> That's the thing. Worth is only what you're willing to pay for it or what the next person is willing to pay for it. And some people have a dollar amount that they would assign to something like that. Other people's don't. One of the things, one of the most cherished things in my collection, I have a print, an original print done by James O'Barr, the author of The Crow. And it is signed by him. And I received it as a birthday, a surprise birthday gift because two friends of mine, uh, they went to a con that he was attending and he was signing uh, books and prints. And my buddy took his uh, crow trade and had him sign it. And it's like, oh, you son of a bitch. If I had known, I would have sent mine with you to get it signed. Well, he surprised me by getting that signed print, too, and brought it back. And I have it framed. It's hanging right here in front of me. I look at it every day. It's one of my most prized pieces in my collection. And somebody offered me, hey, you know, how, how much did that cost? I don't know how much it costs. And they'll be like, I'll give you 50 bucks for it. No, I wouldn't sell it. And what if I gave you 100 bucks for it? No, I wouldn't sell it. And that's one of the pieces that I would not sell out of my collection ever for any fucking reason. Because that comic has so much meaning to me personally. And to be presented that as a gift with the signature of the artist who created that book. Um, knowing why he created the book and knowing what the book meant to me and dealing with a similar situation and why he created it. You know, it's like he and I have something in common in that regard and you know for him to create something so beautiful out of something so terrible and i get to read something so beautiful out of that terribleness in a time where i was going through that same terribleness you know it means a lot to me so yeah i mean that that thing's that's got a lot of sentimental value for me so to me it's fucking priceless you know um yeah and I would like to say somebody could offer me any amount of money for it, and I would turn it down no matter what. You know, of course, it's hard to say, but... I, every, every, I, th I, I truly believe everything and anything has its price point. Yeah. Um, if, I, if I were to walk up and say $10,000 for that, you might probably say yes. Mm, um, I don't know. It'd be, you'd think about it. <laughs> I, would th I would think about it, yeah. I would like to say I would say no, but... Uh, hundred thousand. I mean, you know, I know you don't have a hundred thousand dollars, so I'm going to say no. But no, I'm. I, I'm, but no, I'm if, asking. If I'm, I were, I'm not saying me. I'm saying it's somebody. If if somebody were to offer me that, I would have to seriously sit and think about it. Of course, with that kind of money, it's like I could go to the next con he's at and have him sign something else for me. You right. know, so yes, I'm sure there's a breaking <laughs> point, but. At the same time, it is a piece in my collection that I hold dear and value very highly. You know, that's yeah, what I'm I, I, yeah, no, I, I got you. I was just, I was just being a jackass. Um, no, Man, I totally get that. A I had dog beater and a jackass. Jesus, I, I fucking, I fucking hate this podcast. No, you don't. This is a highlight of your week. You, you, may, well, I wouldn't go that far. Actually, it is. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've had things. I'm looking at my shelf. And I'd say that the most valuable thing I honestly have is that Watchmen book. Um, Ooh, I mean, that's awesome. You know, Dave Gibbons, he, he, his artwork on that book was just beautiful. And Alan Moore, got- Alan Moore can talk about how he's such a wonderful story writer and all this and that. Alan Moore has a very high opinion of himself. And while there are say- some things I really appreciate that Alan Moore has done, the writer is one thing. The artist is what brings it to life. Dave Gibbons has contributed way more to Watchmen than Alan Moore ever Absolutely. did. Absolutely, I, I, I like. I always attest that Garth Ennis made my wrote my favorite comic, which is Preacher. Oh, I love um, Garth Ennis, and I love Preacher. Uh but but the visuals in that book, a hundred percent. Like I give to um, the fuck's his name. I'm drawing a complete blank on the artist's name. Because he also did, he also did like an amazing Punisher series. The fuck is his name? See, Greg, Greg, he's bad with names. If you guys haven't, uh, oh no, they're gonna end it on season four. Aww, and what? Preacher on TV. Yeah, but it's getting an ending. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, like uh, uh, um, what's his name? Steve Dillon. Yeah, Steve Dillon. Uh, anyway, um, uh, showrunner, uh, Seth. Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen, thank you. Um, yeah, he was on Twitter saying, like, it's not getting canceled. It didn't, like, the studio isn't forcing it to end. We are ending it. He goes, we have written an ending for it. And it's closely based to the comic. He goes, for all the comic book fans out there, you have to understand, a comic book told story is different than something that's on TV or a movie. We have to tell it differently. And I was like, yeah, just keep the fucking spirit of fuck religion. That's fine by me. Um, that shit, and I they didn't did realize. Some ama- I, I'd forgotten that Steve Dillon had died. Yeah. Uh. So I was going to say about the Watchmen comic, by the way, because I kept getting distracted here. Uh, my brother showed up with it as a present for me. He said, I got the writer to, to sign this book. I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, I got the writer. I was like, there's no way you got Alan Moore to sign an issue of his fucking comic. That doesn't happen. No. And he goes, I'm pretty sure it's the writer. And I was like, no, it's probably the, 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 uh, the, uh, uh, artist. And he goes, well, I don't, it said writer, it said writer. And I was like, Jeff, Alan Moore doesn't go to conventions. <laughs> Like, he de- he doesn't. And he goes, well, wh- who is it then? I was like, it's, again, probably the artist. And we open it up and we look at the signature, but it's kind of chicken scratch. So I had to look up uh, the art. I like I looked up the artist's signature and it matched up. And we were just like, I was like, yeah, it's the, it's the artist. Like, <laughs> I was like, Alan Moore, Jeff, what Alan Moore does is he doesn't want to be bothered by studios uh, trying to make his his stuff into movies or ad- adapting anything. So he gives full rights to the artist to do whatever the fuck they want with it. And so chances are Gibbons was at some convention. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's all I was trying to get. Thought it was but yeah, man. If I ever like, I had I had every single trade of Preacher a long time ago. Loaned it to somebody. Oh no, and never saw it again. 
When I confronted them about it, they were just like, we moved and I don't know where it is. I, I, I don't know what happened to it. And I'm just like, cool. Do you have $110 to give me? Uh-huh. I was pissed. They were like, no, we're, you know, we just moved and blah, like fucking whatever. I'll just, I'll collect it again later some date. I still have an art book, which is awesome. Like the guy who did the uh, covers. It's like all of his art. Nice. Yeah, because Dylan didn't do the covers. No, he did not. <clears throat> Dude, uh, I, I, I hate that. Loaning something to someone and never getting it back. And I've been guilty of that in my youth. Borrowing something for someone and somehow losing touch with them or something like that and never got to return their things to them. And I felt guilty as hell about it and would replace it if, you know, if the situation arose to where I could replace it to them. But I've had so many instances of me loaning shit out and, like, shit never get returned. And uh, hit them up about it. Hey, man, when are you going to give that back to me? Oh, thanks for reminding me. I'll bring it tomorrow. And then never get it back. And they try to, you know, hope you forget about it. I had this one dude, you know, he borrowed several things off of me. And then I asked, you know, his wife's like, you're never getting those back. I was like, why you say that? Because he's so bad with money, he'll go and he'll fucking sell them and trade them in at fucking GameStop and buy games with them. And I'm just Jesus. like, yeah, I had one dude's wife tell me one time the games and the movies that I would loan him, he would trade them in and then buy games for himself. I'm like, oh, that's pretty wow. fucking shitty. So, <laughs> guess what? That guy doesn't borrow anymore. Anything off of me. That's fucked up. That is fucked up. Yeah, I, uh, I generally speaking, a lot of my trades and comics and stuff, I, I will happily loan out because I just, uh, my, my, my aspect, I'm sure you feel the same way, is like one of the great things about media, whether it be movies, comic books, TV shows, game sh- or games or whatever, sharing that stuff is way more satisfying than just experiencing it by yourself. Oh, especially when you get to talk to someone about it afterwards, after they've consumed that content. To get this their take podcast. on it. Exactly. Exactly. Like, uh, I'm sure you would love to discuss Game of Thrones. But, however, we'll, I'm we'll only get, halfway we'll through it. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's honestly why I, I kind of, like, I'm willing to watch, play, read anything. So that way, the conversations can be had. Um, but, uh... There's only been like a handful of people that have ever fucked me over on loaning things to them and they're no longer in my life, but, um, I had one friend actually, like his son, like ripped it the fuck up, like ripped a comic up and he just like, he was like, how much that cost you? I was like 25 bucks. He was like, here you go. Um, Jesus. Yeah. He was like, he felt really bad about it. He was like, it was a, it was a trade to, oh, that's what it was. Uh, do you remember the, the, the event that happened after Civil War in the comics, it was called Rain. It was called, uh, was it Rain? Yeah. It was, it was, it was basically a lot about Thor. Yeah. Um, cause Asgard was on Earth. Yeah. So I had that trade and, uh, his son just destroyed it. And he was like, I left it out on the table. He found it. He ripped it up. It's, it's no longer a viable object to own. How much that cost you? And I said, it's about 25 bucks. He was like, here you go. I was like, I appreciate that. I'm not mad. You know, shit happens, but I appreciate that. And he was like, I feel really bad. I was like, huh. Eh. 
it is what it is, man. Like, don't, don't, don't fret over it. I'm not mad. I'm not upset. Like, even if you couldn't pay me back, I would, I, would, I just shrug my shoulders and move on with my life. Like, don't worry about it. Dude, man, one time I had a friend and his wife come up and, uh, their little boy, I was in my collection room and I was showing him my G.I. Joe stuff. Their little boy came running in. He sees one of my helicopters and this was the Tomahawk helicopter. It was like a tan, uh, with a dark camo pattern on it. It was like a Pavlo, primarily used as a medical transport helicopter, but you know, this one had been modified with weapons. It had, uh, two sets of rotors, five on the front, five on the back, you know, one of those big glass bulbous canopies. He came running in the room and saw the thing and jerked it up off of the fucking table that it was on by one of the rotor blades. And it snapped and dropped. And when it dropped, it broke the canopy too, because the canopy had two very thin little hinges to held it in place. Now, the items are replaceable, but they're pricey, and it's hard to find an intact canopy for a decent price. A rotor blade alone usually costs about $10 for one to replace it on there. His mom just laughed, and I was just like, wow. it's not very fucking funny that he damaged my property. You know, that piece intact would sell for about 100 125 bucks, Easy. And, you know, I replaced the canopy, and I replaced the fucking blade on it. And I ended up eventually selling it for $125 um, just a few months back. But it sucked that she just thought it was funny and just laughed at it. It's like, if my daughter had done that, my daughter would have been punished. You know, I would have paid to replace the item and my daughter would go without activities that she enjoys doing, um, you know, for a while. But, yeah. There was, uh, it's go ahead. I'll say it's, it's, it's one of those things for me where, uh, I've had, I've, I have so many friends with kids that if I loan that person who has kids a thing, I, I know that there's a 50, 50 chance of me getting it back intact. In, you know, the condition. Yeah. So, so I usually loan things I, I'm okay with departing with. Yeah. Yeah. Man, like, there was... like when I get, when I, when I quote unquote loaned my nephews the, Transformer toys I had. Yeah. I was like, I'm probably not getting these back, and that's fine. Dude, there was a fucking uh, story I saw about a month or two ago, maybe two or three months ago. This guy in Japan, uh, some family friends or family members were at his house visiting, and the son went into this room, this guy where he had all of his Gundam collections and everything, ended up just destroying this room um ended up destroying this room and ruining thousands of dollars worth of Gundam kits that are no longer produced that the guy had built and put in serious work on display cases and even two PCs yikes and it was like 27 or 32,000 dollars worth of damage ended up being like 4 million yen whatever it was that the family member was on the hook for Christ and I was just like Jesus if I had, if I had done that as a kid my parents would have put me out of this world <laughs> <laughs> they'd have been like yep yeah, fuck you you're dead now we'll make another one yeah Teach him not to break people's shit. 
Yeah, that's that's something I, I find very important for kids to learn is the respect of others' property. Yes. You know, shit's not free in life. What people choose no. to spend their money on, you know, don't give them a hard time over it. You know, they people have appreciations for different things in life. Respect others' property and try to respect the opinions of others. I mean, you don't have to agree with them. The only people that you don't have to respect in this world are people who do terrible things to kids. That's literally it. People who do terrible things in general, but especially to kids. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, sometimes sometimes it's okay to not hate somebody who did a terrible thing to a person, because most people are just terrible in general. Yeah, yeah, I get what and, you're saying. Uh, <laughs> that's more of a I'm literally joking. I do not actually mean that. Um the 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 point of what I was saying is just you know fucking respect people like it's not that hard no um, no and uh, that's why like you know I I'll I'll give a person an inch and you take that mile and we're no longer talking I, I I don't I don't get that like kids kids don't understand that so that's why I'm more I'm way fucking more lenient on kids but like when an adult goes, can I borrow your entire collection of Punisher? Oh, or Preacher? Oh, I lost it. And then they go, hey, can I borrow this game? <laughs> nope. You can borrow that game the fuck you I can't. get my Preacher comics back. <laughs> what, what sucks, Josh, what really fucking stings about it is, not only did I, let's go, so the first three trades I, I bought at a local comic book shop. They did not have any more. I went to Comic-Con 2008 and found all of them there. And just straight outright bought all of the issues. It cost me a pretty penny. Mm -hmm. But I wanted it that bad. It was actually the one thing. I remember going there and someone's like, what are you going to try to buy? And I'm like, all the preacher trades. They were like, oh, really? I was like, yeah, I want that so bad. And so the fact that I had, I had I was able to get those at Comic-Con, I'm like, ugh. You fucking suck. Which, and that's the thing, dude, like, how many people can say that? That they bought every single trade issue of Preacher at Comic-Con? Yeah, yeah. I can, I just don't have the goddamn proof now. <sighs> that's, on that note, I do have, when you go to Comic-Con, you get this big-ass book of, like, everything that you can do at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Um, I have both that from one from the one from 2008 and the one from 2009. Nice. Never get rid of those. Those are keepsakes. I mean, they're, they're, they're fucking borderline phone books. They're phone books for like a small town is how thick they are. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to I like it when you can go to, 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 I like it when you can go to a con and get something from the con itself, like something memorable. Like, I, you know, I've only ever been to TFCon and just the once, and that was in October. And the only thing I had to bring home from it, from the actual con itself was, you know, like a little nylon tote bag that had one of the sponsors presented on, you know, presented by TFCon Chicago 2018, presented by this company. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I got a bag to carry shit around in if I buy shit on the floor. But that was about it. But, you know, 
of course, what was more important to me was meeting up with all my friends and everything that I'd made online. And that was the, that was been my takeaway experience. Like that was so much fun to me to go and get to meet so many people in person and hang out with them and spend time with them that if I were to do a bigger con, you know, I would want it to be something I'm super into because I'm I'm going to want to associate with people, but if I were going to be just on my own, I would want it to be something that I absolutely just fucking am totally in love with. You know what I mean? Because I'm not one to do a lot of the panels, a lot of the events, and things like that. So it would have to be something super spectacular for me to go. <laughs> yeah, uh... Now we're just going to talk, like, the last 15 minutes of this podcast, we're going to talk about conventions. Um, no, we don't have to. I mean... No, I know. I'm just making a joke. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed Comic-Con. Because I did it in 2008, it wasn't as popular. Like, it was still very popular, and it sold out. But now, like, when, they, when the tickets go on sale in February... If you don't get them in the first hour, you're not getting them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, back in 2008, though, like we waited until April and still got four day passes. Damn. So that's how that's good. If that tells you how popular it was then versus now, um, and then like in uh, in uh, for for 2009, the popularity had spiked so so uh, substantially. That when we went to get four day passes, we could only get two day passes. So that was another thing. But, um, yeah, a friend of mine, her and her family, uh, they've been living the past couple of years in San Diego. Um, and last year, her, they got tickets to, uh, Comic Con. And she was telling me that they were only able to get two days. But they got Thursday and Sunday. Uh, and I'm glad I got the Thursday because she said, is there anything you're looking for? It's like, yeah, I really, really, really want that Ninja Turtle box set. And Thursday morning when they got there, beeline straight to the neck of the table and they got me that box set. Took a picture of it and showed me. I was like, oh, shit, here. And I just instantly turned around and PayPal'd her the money for it. And she mailed it out the next day, you know, and I had it. And I was just like, oh, that's awesome. It's one of my favorite collector items as well uh you know and it also came from a con huh but uh yeah yeah you know and then i built that diorama for it so it's like my absolute favorite shelf in all of my collections you know building that diorama for them right i uh i'm trying to think of some other memories that i had at comic-con that were fucking great like do you know who mega 64 is uh the name sounds familiar They've been doing internet videos before YouTube. Like, that's oh, how long they've been around. yeah. Didn't they used to do, yeah. like, Metal Gear Solid and Shinmui videos? And, in public, yeah. Yes, yes. And, like, the yes. whole uh, Ghosts and Goblins sword fighting out in the public. Yep, yep. Yeah, yep, yep, I yep. remember those guys. Mega 64, yes. They were funny as shit. So, so they had a, a smallish booth in 2009. And I went with my buddy Justin who I barely talk to nowadays. Like, when I say barely, I think the last time I talked to him was, like, three years ago. So that's how barely I'm talking about. Um, but we're still friends on all social media and on fan on Xbox, so I'm fucking whatever. Um, he, uh, him and I were, were kind of walking around, 
And I said, I really want to check out the, the, the playable demo for a game that was coming out called, uh, Dark Void, which was kind of like the Rocketeer in an alternate dimension. It was, it was a terrible game, but I was really excited about the premise. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I wanted to go check that out. So I went to go check that out. He went to go do something else. And, and, and as I was trying to find him, I spotted him and he was in line at the Mega 64 booth because they had this wheel there. And if you spun the wheel, you could get a prize. And, um, on this wheel, and I fucking shit you not, most of the stuff was just something that they would do in your direction. Like what he got essentially, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, two very two small slices were like free merch. And then um, uh, the rest of it was candy of some kind. Mm-hmm. Justin landed on uh, uh, awkward, si- uh, like awkward stare or awkward silence or something like that. So they stopped doing everything. All four of them in the booth just turned and stared at Justin. That's funny. And did nothing. Just stared at Justin. And I could tell that most people in line didn't know Mega 64 enough to know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. So it just looked like this weird avant-garde piece because you have Justin standing there kind of like jetting his eyes back and forth. Mega 64 just staring at Justin and me pissing my pants with laughter. And, uh, and I just look at the people, the people, people are confused in line and it's just making it funnier. Man, I'll never fucking forget that. That was easily one of my goddamn favorite moments. Also, me, like meeting Tony Todd was awesome. Yeah. Uh, um, I got to meet, uh, I got to meet a few people. Uh, one of my, one moment I thought was really funny in 2009 was, uh, Olivia Munn was doing like a meet and greet outside by like a, like on the, on the backside of the convention center. And I could have given two shits about <laughs> meeting her. I was like, I don't care. Like, She's funny on Attack of the Show, and that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't care, guys. And uh, but all all everyone I was with wanted to go meet her, so of course I had to go stand in line, and the line was stupid long, <laughs> just stupid. I was like, "Really, guys? Really? Is this a thing? All right, I guess." Or how the um, the five hundred first booth was right next to a Star Trek like fan booth. Mm-hmm. Uh but that Star Trek fan booth also had this had a similar like motif to it. Like it was like a group of them that were part of a thing. I don't know man. Like I could go on and on and on about my Comic Con memories. Or I could talk about WonderCon for like a second. Like uh it was right after my birthday and we went there. I was with my buddy Brian and Mike and um Mike was like, "Hey, I want to get you a I want to get you a birthday gift. So if you find something, let me know." And I knew exactly what I wanted. I wanted Jane's wool hat from the show Firefly. Oh, cool! And uh, yeah, and so I was looking for the brown coats booth because I knew they sell it there. And so I'm hunting, I'm hunting, I'm hunting. The very last fucking aisle at the convention center. Overall, they were there, and I could see a stack of them. And I was just like, "Fuck yes!" So I walk over to see how much they are because I didn't want him to spend too much on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were only twenty bucks a pop, so that was perfect. And um, uh, 
as I get there, I turn and go, hey, Mike, this is... And I, he wasn't there. And I was like, the fuck is he? And I, and I look, and a solid 30 feet back, Mike and Brian are standing there, and they're taking pictures of somebody. I was like, okay, cool. It's a cosplay or something, right? Maybe it's a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And I walk up, and I was just like, holy shit, that's awesome. And, and uh, I was like, okay, that makes sense. And Mike goes, "Oh yeah, sorry, dude. We want to take we want to take a, a picture of this guy in 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 uh, Tenth Doctor's uh, uh, outfit. Like he's he, he's wearing like a cosplay for for the Tenth Doctor." I was like, "Yeah, that's great." And all, do you know who that is? It was actually David Tennant. No, no, no. Um, it was a guy in cosplay for sure. It wasn't David Tennant though. And he goes, "I was like, do you know who that is?" He was like, "No." And I was like, "That's Grant Imahara from MythBusters." Oh shit, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Mike was like, oh, I, didn't, I didn't recognize him. I'm like, okay, yeah, clearly. So I walked up. I was like, big fan. Love the show. Watch it every every night that it's on. Sometimes I'll just watch reruns. He was like, oh, I'm glad you're a big fan. I didn't think I, I, most people haven't recognized me yet. And I was like, that's that's insane. And he was, so I got a picture with him. And uh, that was, <laughs> but the fact that my two friends I was with did not recognize him, even though they watch Mythbusters, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, oh, speaking yeah. of Mythbusters, I like Adam Savage's YouTube channel. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, we should, we should wrap this up. We've been going almost an hour and a half now, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was a lot. Damn, we talked about a lot. <laughs> well, that's what I like to do. I like to bounce around, you know. I don't like to be nailed down to talk about specific one thing. And the only thing we'd even mention, yeah, we'll talk about how people have brought up various TV endings. And look where we segued into, you know. It's just I like where the conversation can take one. Uh, I love uh, yeah, that. That's I, one of my favorite I, things about doing this. <laughs> I was gonna say I, that's yeah I love doing uh, I love doing ADD podcasts which that's what I call this where we we start with a topic and then we just go yeah, yeah. and we just go wherever it takes us well exactly but uh, but guys that yeah awesome awesome conversation um, again very very important uh, if you guys are listening to this and there's something you want to hear how Josh and I feel about it you want to hear our opinion on something let us know. Either in the comments of wherever you listen to this, on the Facebook discussion group, on Twitter. Um, if there's something completely different that you just want to that you want to throw in our direction to see, you know, what we how we discuss it or or where we feel it land, whatever. Just if there's anything you want us to talk about, hit us up. We are more than happy to to discuss things. That's that's the point of this podcast. Um, well, you say to hit us up. Where can they hit us up at? I said it. Uh, <laughs> Aside, I said social media, Josh. It should be uh, right. Yeah, where um, on social media can they hit you specifically? So we have we have two we have two things on Facebook. We have a uh, an, uh, a a page that's basically just for the podcast, and you can leave a comment on there if you want. Uh, we also have a Facebook discussion group. Uh, just if you search, you know, like all queued up discussions, you'll be able to find it. I think you have to request to be um, invited in, but. Yeah. We're more than happy to to have people join. Um, we also have uh, a Twitter account, which is at queued up podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, hit us up there. Uh, we also we also on all these that I'm mentioning, we have um, multiple. Uh, sorry, I was gonna say we have um, uh, 
Well, I lost my train of thought. I don't know there's why. Also, I was doing it. I there's also an Instagram account. I, that's why. I, that's I thought of the Instagram, which is why I lost where I was gonna, what I was going to say. But yeah. So so any any of the social medias, search. I think on Instagram, it's it's full on at queued up pod, or, uh, all queued up podcast. Yeah, all queued up podcast. No, there's a underscore in between each word. All oh, underscore okay, gotcha, queued gotcha. underscored up underscore podcast. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um. Uh, but yeah, also, that's what I was going to say. Also in the comments of wherever you're listening to this. Yeah. Um, if you're, if you're listening on Podbean, if you're listening on Anchor, if you're listening on, uh, Radio Public, uh, if you have the ability to leave a comment, leave a comment, you know, let us know. Uh, if you want to hit us up with an email, it's podcast at gmail.com. Um. If you just want to tell us how sultry our voices are, we're more than happy to hear it. You know, if you want to, um, you know, don't report Greg for animal, animal Stop cruelty. It. Stop it. Stop I, it. Don't do that because, you know, we are trying to reform his behavior. Um, reform. You are the worst. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh. Let us let us know. Drop a five star rating and review. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Because that's what all the cool kids are doing. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, know you it also helps us a lot too because the more activity, the more activity on these on these podcast places, uh, sites and whatnot that that they see, it kind of gets a bit of a boost. Yeah, it really helps with um, our circulation. Yeah. So even if you just write like. This guy's cool. I, I don't. I don't care. Like it's. It just helps. It's straight up. Yeah. I mean, I do care what you say, but I don't care what you say. Am I making sense? As long leave a comment. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, yeah. Just just <laughs> leave a little rating review, and if you're, you know, you can say, "Hey, love the show." Hey, the show's okay, but and then tell us the but. You know, tell us your likes, tell us your dislikes. Just take a couple minutes. Give us a rating. It would really, really help us out. We would appreciate it greatly. Yes, 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 yes. All that. Uh, but yeah, guys, that's going to do it for us for here. That's going to do it for us here today. Greg can't talk. I fucking apparently can't. Um, Jesus, I was, I don't know where the, I, uh, do you smell? Uh, do you smell burnt toast, Greg? I smell, I smell pennies. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Did, guys. Are they, are, uh, they, are they yours? Well, why would that matter? <laughs> I mean, that's just telling information. I mean, <laughs> no, yes. I'm trying to figure out where to go with this joke. Well, I'm just I trying to. I'm just trying to determine what you said. You smelled pennies. Oh, I thought you said panties. No pennies. Oh, okay. Because if you smell, if you smell copper of some kind, that's a, that's an indication of a heart attack or stroke. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, that's that's the joke well, I was going the, for. The but. voice that you said it in, the way you said it, is like, did he just say he smelled panties? I was like, ew. So that's what, yeah, your, yours, are they yours made a lot fucking more sense, yeah. so yeah. And that's called um, having to explain a joke, everyone. <laughs> uh, yesterday, uh, off top, like, before we end this real quick, um, I wanted to make a joke because I had to do a DoorDash for, um, uh, 
uh, the Cold Stone Creamery. Yeah, yeah. And while I was standing there waiting for my order, it got delayed because somebody had to fucking tip. And I don't know if you've been in one. If you tip at a Cold Stone Creamery, they have to do a song and dance thanking you for it. Really? Yep. Oh, that's hard. So I made a yeah. So I made a joke in uh, Discord. I said one of my biggest dilemmas is whether or not to tip at a Cold Stone. Should have been plain Jane. But Zampa didn't know that uh, <laughs> he didn't know that they do a song and dance. So he was like, it depends on the tip and you know, how much they make and blah, blah. I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, man. I'm making a joke. And I had to so I explain the joke to him. And he was like, yeah, I know. A joke's always funny to explain it. Sorry. I was like, don't apologize. You didn't know shit. Like, you didn't know where I was going with that. So it's fine. But yeah, it's uh, kind of sucks. But yeah. So yeah, jokes are always better when you have to explain them. That's where I was going with that. Anyway, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. Next week, we'll be talking about The Society on Netflix and the comedy show, comedy sketch com- sketch comedy show, uh, I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Yes. Um, so go ahead and watch those. Join us next Friday when we talk about those and give our opinions of them. Um. And yeah, go comment. Go comment on everything, guys. Just go to every single site and comment. Make an account if you don't have one and comment. <laughs> Not every Just... site, but at least one. <laughs> at least one. Just give us one. Just give us one, guys. Just one. Just give us one. Just one. Anyway, guys, this has gone on way too long, so I'm going to end it here. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Take care, everybody.